Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hello world, welcome back to the Waveform Podcast. We're your robots, I'm Marquez. What is happening and I'm Andrew. <laughs> and in today's episode, we're talking, uh, well, we just got Samsung's Unpacked event this week, mm -hmm. so we're going to talk a lot about my real thoughts on the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3. But we also have a couple other things that we're going to just dive into quickly beforehand before we get absolutely lost in the, in the weeds of all those new folding flippy phones. Um, but first this morning we had a little iPhone thing come up. Yeah. Uh, I was like a little confused cause you just, you like turned to me and went, huh, do, do you really think they're going to skip iPhone 13 because it's unlucky? And I was just like, that was way too nonchalant. You can't yeah. just say that to me. Who, who wants to skip it? Who, where are these rumors come from? I've only ever heard the term iPhone 13. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it could be 12S is the other option. Mm -hmm. And but the, that the logic is that some other smartphone companies in the past have skipped certain numbers for various yeah. reasons. OnePlus and four. OnePlus and notably a bunch of Chinese companies avoid the number four because the translated number four is like sounds like the word for death or something like that. And it's it's not just unlucky, but they just avoid that in like all press and naming of things mm -hmm. in, in those countries. So cool. Great. Uh, but also, like, people skip numbers all the time. Like, Samsung went Galaxy S1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 20, 21. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've, uh, Apple has skipped nine. They just went straight from. Exactly. They did eight and 10X, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My, my, I have a couple things you've mentioned before that iOS has a 13. So clearly Apple isn't right. that worried yeah, about Yeah, 13, by the way, for those unfamiliar, is an unlucky number uh, in the US anyway. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's sort of a mild superstition type thing. 13 is unlucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, there are other Apple products with the number 13 already in the name. I noted that none of them are hardware products. Yeah. We have iOS 13. Uh, I think Joanna Stern also pointed out on Twitter we have a 13 inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> Uh, I would argue like, that one's not quite as, but nah, like, yeah. even still, even though it's not hardware, like software being named 13, if they were really that superstitious about it, they would skip it. Yeah. Um, 12S also doesn't solve the problem because there would still be a 13. When we saw the 6S, we That's still saw a seven. So it's point. still going to get to 13. So it doesn't really matter. And while I, I didn't really hear this rumor at all. Um, there was an gadget article that stated nobody's expecting it to be called the iPhone 13 for obvious reasons, I thought that maybe that was felt sarcasm. Really broad. I, I don't know. We need but, a sarcasm, like a sarcasm uh, yeah, font need, or something. Exactly. Um, yeah. But like, I guess my argument would just be, if we want to go a little different route here, I think the new iPhone should be called the 12s. And you think that because of the logical reason, which is it is a small upgrade from the 12. Right? It is a small upgrade with what we're assuming is all the same design language. So I, I know there was argument that the 11 should be called the 11S, but I do think there was enough of a design difference really? to where you held, I okay. mean, flat edges, sure, but I do think they looked pretty different. Like there are two that you can very easily and distinguishably tell the difference when you're holding them or see them in public, at least without a case on, very different. Whereas this, if we're assuming it's going to keep, the, I mean, if it looks like the models that we got, mm -hmm. flat edges, the cameras are ever so slightly different. But other than that, if the notch, maybe the notch changes a little bit, I think we're not introducing anything too new that we know of yet. 12S would make perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the difference in designs versus iPhones is always pretty subtle. Yeah. And I've noticed Apple, I mean, everyone's noticed this, but Apple always has something on the outside of the phone to make it 
visibly identifiable yeah, as the new exactly. iPhone. Like when you saw the iPhone 10, obviously you had that new form factor and the notch, but then when you had the iPhone 11, well, 10s was the same body. Yeah. So there was no outside difference. Mm -hmm. When you got to 11, the camera bump became that thing. Yep, exactly. So everyone could see the camera bump. When you got to 12, the flat sides became that thing. It was a slightly new design. Yeah. So if we're expecting iPhone 12s or 13 or whatever the next one is to be the same design, then your logic makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think they're just going to straight up stop doing that adjustment and they're just going to start doing number, number, number. iPhone 12, 13, 14, 15, and the S is done. They're going to do an SE probably still, but they're going to do a Pro and a Pro Max and all that stuff every year. I think that they should do that. I, because I, 12S Pro Max is too weird. I, I mean, <laughs> That's yeah, the logic. Yeah, no, I don't can't argue with you there i think it should be the best way because apple we've always commended as being one of the like the best naming scheme because it's so simple and yeah. adding s especially when you also have se feels confusing to the average person so you should just know the next number up is the newest one yeah like that's all you need to know s doesn't mean small s doesn't mean like side grader or i don't know it's just like the new one is the next number that's yeah. all it is and i i don't think they skip 13 at all I don't know if yeah. that's a hot take, no, but yeah, I, I think really, I, I would bet money against that. Yeah, I think it's the 13. Uh, we had some people saying maybe it would be uh, just the new iPhone or what something like that. XIII. Is that Roman numeral? Roman for 13, yeah. Yeah, right. That would be, and then it would be XIV for 14. But, XIV, you know, the thing yeah. about, like, just calling it the new iPhone, if I could go back to that, it could, it could work because in iPad world, that's also what they do. It's the iPad Pro. And if you ever want to refer to it specifically, you can by year. So like call it like the or? newest iPad Pro, okay. the 2021 iPad Pro versus the last gen. Maybe you refer to it by the chip. You have the M1 iPad Pro versus the A14 by iPad Pro. Nobody really says these things out loud, but usually it's just the newest iPad Pro. And iPhone could live in that world where it's just the newest iPhone, the 2021 iPhone, the 2022 iPhone. But the reason I don't think they do that is because the naming structure of the iPhone is a little bit too iconic to just drop that entirely. Yeah, I think you change phones a little more often than you do MacBooks, tablets, stuff like that. So like, especially in a resale market where phones are resold so easily, yeah. it just makes the resale market much easier to know what you're getting. Imagine like going on eBay and looking for the uh, the iPhone 10, except that it was just called like the iPhone 20 from the year yeah exactly yeah. like that just makes it so much harder um, yeah yeah that's probably about all there is to say about that it's iphone coming up in uh september if it's not delayed we're expecting to see that pretty soon and yeah. that being said i don't i think it should be called 12s i think it will be if i put money on it, it would be 13 though right um, right just from what i expect from apple i have a kind of new one that got released a new article a new mm -hmm. product that got released this morning or yeah, announced this you, morning i saw you like firing away at your keyboard over yeah, this yeah. and i have no idea what you're talking about but it has something to yeah. do with chrome os okay, so I'll, I'll, fill me in i'll go in here i this was something adam sent us this morning and at first i was like neat and then i read it and i was like i actually find this wildly interesting and like this i think is is really really cool and it's i kind of have a hot take on it which i think what makes it that okay. neat but i'll explain it a little bit more here um so hp is creating a chrome os desktop they're calling it the chrome aio desktop which means all in one um, oh God, that's I put a picture here. I'm going to try and explain it. Tell me if you think this sounds nice. Imagine a uh, the first Google Home as a cone, and then on top of that is almost like an iPad, so a screen. So we have essentially imagine an all-in-one desktop where it is a, the base is like a fabric-covered cone speaker, mm -hmm. and then there is a large screen tablet-looking thing on top. Oh, it rotates. Um, it rotates, oh. portrait to landscape, huh. and it has a webcam, and it also has a wireless keyboard and mouse. So this is a Chrome OS-based desktop. It is, real quick, I'm going to go over specs, but I think I just have, like, I'm just really interested in this because I think Chrome <laughs> OS and Chromebooks in general are super interesting and, like, okay. kind of revolutionary in a weird way. Um, so it is 21.5-inch, 1080 uh, IPS touchscreen that rotate, rotates from landscape to portrait. We mentioned that. You can either get a dual-core Pentium Gold or a Core i3, 16 gigs of user-expandable RAM, and an SSD up to 256. Now, let's just remember, specs on Chrome OS and like Chromebooks in general are pretty low because they don't take a lot of computing power. If you're using them, it's generally all web-based stuff. Yes. Um, and like 
apps because it uses the Play Store. So, but okay. So mm-hmm. I I just want to look at the price real quick. Yeah, six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So six hundred dollars for a desktop with a twenty-one inch ten eighty p touchscreen is like kind of nice, solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Pentium Gold, yeah. dual core oh, Pentium Gold or a Core i three is definitely on the lower end, but then sixteen sure. gigs and a two hundred fifty six gig SSD is on the higher end. So okay, uh, sixteen I mean, gigs is on the higher end. Two fifty six SSD is is like no, mid. Definitely, I would call that lower end SSD. If it was like NVMe, or actually, it just listed SSD. I don't know what. I guess hard drives should be gone. Hard drives. I shouldn't give you credit for not using. A no, hard drive. don't. Yeah, don't. Okay. Credit for hard drives. All right. So the, I'm with you so far. I think mm-hmm. I'm with you so far. Chrome OS only, so it's going to have auto-rotate, but obviously it's just Chrome, so you're going to be using Chrome. You need as much RAM as you can get, so yeah, lots <laughs> of lots of RAM fair, for Chrome OS. Fair, I think fair, I'm fair. with you. So, like, in my eyes, Chromebooks are pretty amazing because so many people who get a laptop are only using it for, like, web browsing, watching YouTube. If they're doing schoolwork, they're doing it in Google Docs, answering emails. Like, almost everyone who comes to me that I know isn't a big tech person that asks for a laptop recommendation, I almost always just suggest a Chromebook because yeah. they're so they're 300 bucks usually. They'll last a decent amount of time, maybe not as long as a regular laptop, but it's also $300. It's like yeah. a third of the price of a MacBook. It's definitely been um, the best part for me about recommending a Chromebook. It's if I can ask you what programs you need to use and you answer that question in websites, mm-hmm. I can give you a Chrome yeah, a Chromebook. Exactly. You're gonna go Gmail, you're gonna go, you know, Google search, YouTube and Netflix and all these things. It's like, oh great, yeah, you can definitely use a Chromebook. Here's something half the price of what you thought you're gonna have to exactly. pay. Exactly. I bought Claire one at Costco years ago and it's still running and it's she still uses it every day um so here's my kind of hot take on this um okay all right i think this might make a lot of people mad which is kind of why it's a hot take (laughs) but just hear me out here okay i think this pulls off the category the newest imax tried to get into better than the newest imax so Mm. like let's think about how apple sold the latest IMAX, right? We did those bright colors. They were an all-in-one stand with their screen. They sold this as, this is a computer we want you to put as a family computer in the common areas of your house, your living room, your kitchen, your family room, stuff like that for the family to use. Most likely, generally, web-based stuff, watching YouTube videos. They want it in the kitchen, so you might watch uh, cooking videos or pull up recipes or be able to FaceTime with someone. Yep. Um, But all of that was in a... uh, you know, that doesn't have touchscreen. I mean, sure, the specs on the the iMac are way better than this. It runs Apple, all that. But I don't think that's all needed for the thing it's trying to sell it as. This is a good looking, it looks good. It looks like it could run like in your family room, whatever. It's not sticking out like a sore thumb, like a big desktop tower is. Mm -hmm. It has touchscreen and rotate. So it's easy for video calls or pulling up long, recipes or something like that in your kitchen. It has a wireless keyboard and mouse, nice and easy. looks like it has a speaker on the base. To me, this looks like an easier and most of all, way cheaper. I'd be much, I'd much rather pay 600 bucks to put this in my kitchen and be like a dedicated, I'm in the kitchen, I'm using it to FaceTime, not FaceTime, video call. You could FaceTime. Tr- yeah. You could FaceTime. Um, video call, I'm using it for recipes. I'm using it to just like, uh, watch videos or something like that okay. while I'm in my kitchen. This looks like it pulls that off better than the iMac. You know what? You you, you swayed me. You sold yeah. me. I think I buy it. The only Ooh. interesting thing... Yeah, one more I thing. One more argument. Okay. It also uses Android apps via the Play Store, so this is a way better thing for smart home control in your living room, in your kitchen, stuff oh, like okay. that. You can download all... I mean, it obviously has Google Assistant, and you can download all your different smart home, con- home control apps in it. So now you have a rotating or whatever touchscreen in your living room, in your kitchen that you're now controlling your lights, you're controlling your nest, you're controlling all your general smart home stuff through that, looking at your nest cameras and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I remember reviewing the iMac and thinking like, oh, Apple is very, very almost hell-bent on making sure we understand that this is not just a normal computer. It's supposed to be your family room, everyday, multi-purpose, like friendly computer. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I actually like the way this one looks better, mm-hmm. I think. It's got the fabric on the stand, then it's got black bezels, and it, it actually rotates, which is really interesting. I don't yeah. know I don't know exactly what I would rotate my desktop to portrait for all the time, I but think the fact in, that you can do it is cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in some of those scenarios, like say a recipe, for example, now I'm getting more screen real estate because a recipe doesn't really benefit from uh, lengthwise real estate. But if you have a list of ingredients, you're, you are benefiting there. Or uh, some people even like it better for like video calls. Yeah. It, uh, sometimes portrait is a little different, especially if you're video calling someone on a phone, it's just going to, that's going to be the standard aspect ratio or whatever that they're probably using anyways. So it, it yeah. fits better. The one thing I would still give the advantage to Apple for, and this is kind of something they continually do anyway in all of their budget products, mm -hmm. is it's overpowered to the point where it's just going to be way more future-proof than mm -hmm. anything else in its class. That's now, the iMac is still $1,000. It's still more expensive than yeah. this. But if I were to bet which one is going to get software updates and run smoothly for longer, it's definitely the iMac, kind of the yeah. same way the iPhone SE is like an impressive chip in an older body, but it's gonna get software updates and run smoothly, probably just as long, if not longer, than any other Android phone in its price category. So it's it's kind of about what you want, but I buy your hot take. That's much better than my I, hot take with Fahrenheit last time. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's a good one. I will say my one con I put, put on here is generally be, and this is anecdotal evidence, but Chromebooks I thought don't have as long of a lifetime, especially compared to Apple products. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree with you. and. I think we all agree. I'm not trying to say this is more powerful than an iMac. No. I think generally the iMac for a sit-down computer blows us out of the water, but the fact that it adds a rotating screen and touchscreen makes it seem like more of a, a home, almost not even a computer. It's like bridging its gap into just like being part of your space at home better than the iMac does. Yeah. The iMac is still a computer and you have to use it as a computer. Yep, it's Mac OS. Mm -hmm. Do you, in a, in a family room computer, is a touchscreen the move? So I, I see it as that when I think of it as like, so in the kitchen scenario works the best here because a lot of times in a, like when I think about iMac talking, saying put it in your kitchen, like you still have a keyboard and a mouse. I can't mm -hmm. imagine having like stuff out on my countertop chopping and measuring and and washing stuff off while also using a keyboard and mouse there this that gets pushed away i have my touch screen i can scroll through everything yes but now your hands there. are covered in stuff that you were chopping fair and but we all use our phones doing that anyways yeah i'm not that worried about that um and and then when it's in the living room you know i don't personally have a computer in my living room i haven't i mean growing up i had one I feel it's crazy now that everyone has computers on their own when they're children. Um, mm -hmm. We generally used to have them in the family room where we couldn't get in trouble on them. But um, having in a family room and still having the ability to control your music or control your smart home stuff by just like walking past the desk and pressing a couple buttons on the screen. Yeah. That does feel like it integrates a tad better than an iMac. Makes sense. I like it. Well, I'm, cool. I'm going to keep an eye out for it. I don't know that we're going to end up getting one, but I, I kind of like that there are Chrome OS sick. desktops out there now. I'm really terrible, for it, actually. Terrible name. Absolutely awful name. Uh, yeah. Chrome AIO. Is that the, how you say it? HP AIO? Chrome AIO. I'm, I'm guessing it's literally just the letters AIO. IO. AIO. 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 Not going to say okay. it out loud. Yeah, uh, it's break time. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's it for the Chrome OS desktop from HP. Let's take a quick break. We got a lot to talk about with Flip and Fold and all, all the stuff with Samsung Unpacked this year. So be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. 
So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A, io slash wave to get started for free coda.io forward slash wave support for this episode of waveform comes from gigabyte there's a lot of talk out there about how ai is revolutionizing our world computers are writing newsletters robotic bees are pollinating flowers and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world but how can ai power our passions and what we do for fun that's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. All right. Welcome back. Samsung has had their unpacked event where uh, it kind of kicks off smartphone season for us usually around sure. this time of year because I feel like the floodgates have just began to open. Yeah. We're about to get a bunch of phones in August, even more in September, even more in October. But it's the Samsung event. Two folding phones. Also two watches, also some Galaxy Buds 2. Galaxy Buds 2, pretty small update, but they do have ANC and they're 150 bucks and they're very smooth. They look like Easter candy. They're extremely smooth, yeah. yeah. For at least the purple ones. And then they got two watches, the uh, sort of a classic version and a modern version of a uh, similar spec with the new software. Mm -hmm. But I think we're just gonna talk about the phones for right now because there are plenty of thoughts on these two. So which one do you wanna start with? We have the Fold 3 and we have the Flip 3. Let's just start with Fold. Okay. Fold 3. Fold, fold three. 3. All right. So Fold 3 looks a lot like the Fold 2. We've done, by the way, video hands-on of both of them are already up by the time you see this, and we've got the phones in hand. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it looks very similar to the Fold 2, but there's a bunch of really interesting choices that they made. New specs is not a surprise. Snapdragon no. 888, mm -hmm. 12 gigs of RAM, and all the specs. But uh, a couple things they changed on the outside. Number one... You've got uh, almost the same outside cover screen, but it's 120 hertz. Mm -hmm. That is nice. I remember complaining and being a little bit jarred by switching back and forth between 60 and 120. Yeah, that, that was the biggest thing is that it wasn't continuous between the phone. Like yeah. it wasn't fluid between them. They so. made that majestic update on the inside and the outside was still 60. So now it's 120 and I really liked using it. Felt like a normal phone. Obviously, it's still a big candy bar shape, but that's a good upgrade. Didn't you say it's also like 18 pixels larger yeah. last year yeah it is it is a weird it is a 
I want to pull up, let me pull up the exact number because it is kind of funny. Technically, we do have a different resolution. Hold it's, on. It was like a low enough number to the point where I don't know where where it could have gained those pixels. Am I think I, it's maybe literally just like rounding of the corners. It was either rounding of corners or my guess was like the hole punch. Uh, it's the same hole punch. I mean, the, okay, but, here's the here's the numbers. Mm-hmm. Fold 2, cover screen, 6.2 inches, 2260 by 816. Fold 3, 6.2 inches, 2268, 832. So the pixels per inch went from 386 to 387. So it's like 32 more pixels, right? 16 and 16. It's no, a, no a, 8 and 16. 8 so pixels taller and about a dozen pixels wider. 20, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's like it. 20 pixels. So yeah, basically the same size. 6.2 inch cover screen. I want to know those exact new pixels we got. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure where they came from, but there they are. Um, I really like the new hinge is much better. It's a strengthened solid aluminum now. Um, I think they call it armored aluminum. I'm not going to give them too much credit for it. It's metal. Uh, yeah. Thanks. But the phone is now IPX8 water resistant. I don't know about you, but I thought this was really cool. I thought that was a big deal, uh, but it's not. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt <laughs> when you explained it to me. Thank you. Okay. So it's IPX8, not IP68. Mm-hmm. So immediately you're like, wow, amazing, water resistance. That's crazy. Usually these these folding phones were also concerned about, like, don't breathe on it too hard, and suddenly you can dip it underwater and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But IPX8 means the 8. The 8, if you just break down what IPX8 means, the 8 is the water resistance part. The X is for dust resistance. They have not tested or certified the dust resistance. So real quick, is that true in all phones with IP ratings? The first number is dust, the second number is water? Correct. Okay, yeah, that that was a very helpful thing that I did not know about, but the video shows. It's a little harder to say for audio listeners, but yeah. Right. IPX is the first quote-unquote number. Mm-hmm. It is X because it is not rated, and A is the rating for water because yeah. it's the second number. So you see a lot of like headphones are like IPX5. Mm-hmm. That's just because it's a lower level of water resistance. IPX8 means you can literally like submerge it or like you know spray water on it from any angle and it'll survive. So that's great. Uh, but Samsung the nemesis, sweating here, I yeah. guess, talking about I, that. You already yeah. know some YouTube channel is going to put it underwater gonna and, and it's going to see how long before it turns off. And I get it. I'll watch it. I think that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the thing that's been damaging folding phones and giving them the bad reputation is the dust. Mm-hmm. And David and I were talking about this. We're like, well, if it was going to be fully airtight, they would have rated it for dust resistance. Yeah. They would have tried to prevent that. So clearly, I think, you know, obviously them paying and getting it certified makes me want to be happier about its durability, but I'm not going to go all out on a limb and say these phones are a next level of durability versus previous folding phones. I just think the hinge is that much more airtight that they can finally certify it, mm-hmm. but still be careful with it. It is really interesting that what like somehow water can't get in, but dust potentially could get in. Dust like can just get in finer about that. Fine dust, like really yeah. fine particles. I mean, and and like you said, dust has kind of, it sounds weird to say dust is the enemy of folding phones, but like do you remember when those first ones came out? So many of the problems that happened were Somebody would just see like a little bump in their screen and wonder, what is that? Something got through the hinge underneath the screen, and then that screen was generally broken fairly quickly after yeah, that. Yeah, it's the kiss of death. It's just yeah. a little little bit of dust. That's all it mm-hmm. takes. Um, it just made me think of Zach's video where he like ground up a bunch of oh, no. like that was rocks brutal. and put it in the phone. That was yeah, absolutely that was, brutal. Yeah. That was rough. It was never going to survive that. So, But you know, you do have IPX8 now. Um, like 120 hertz on the outside. What else? New camera bump on the back is a little bit smaller, but it is a refreshed triple camera setup. Yeah, looks Good nice. Good to see. We'll test it, of course, for the full review. Slightly thinner, two millimeters thinner mm-hmm. and about 10 grams lighter for the whole phone. It still like feels the same to my hands. Like it's a nice, like solid, stiff mm-hmm. hinge and all that is great. Um, but that does mean it has a slightly smaller battery, 4,400 milliamp hours to 4,500. And I I mentioned that because I'm I'm curious what the battery life's going to be. I'm very interested as well. Now you have a 120 hertz exactly. on the outside, mm-hmm. so we'll see what the battery life is like, and we'll test that. But 4400. But I think the the most interesting change is on the inside. I think that's a safe that's a safe, safe statement. I mean, it's the fold. It's literally a phone a cold take. based around the the inside. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> it's a cold take. Uh, so the inside, the crease is just as as prevalent. It's basically the same size and resolution and, and aspect ratio and 120 hertz and all that. Mm-hmm. But you have a 30 percent harder screen protector over the glass. Cool. 
Yeah. It's great. Cool. Um, they've also made it S Pen compatible. Big asterisk on yeah. that. Okay. Explain the asterisks and then I'll say my yeah. uh, take on that. So so there's a there's a special new S Pen for the Galaxy Fold. It's the it's the S Pen Fold Edition, actually. Um, well and, named. Yeah, the way the S Pen is designed is it has a soft, it has a tip the way a normal stylus tip mm-hmm. will be, uh, a fine point, but it's it's soft touch and it actually retracts into the pen when you put enough pressure on it. Okay. So the easiest way to damage one of these is to really carve like with a fine tip yeah, thing yeah. in the screen protector. So this one is designed to prevent that from happening. It's a special S Pen for this phone. Um, S Pen Fold Edition. Then there's also a new... These are both optional, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say, these are optional. Yeah. Not included with the phone, but there's also a new S Pen uh, Pro, I believe mm-hmm. it's called. And it's bigger. It's more expensive. It has a battery built in. It charges via USB-C. And it has onboard memory. And it will let you copy and paste things between Samsung devices. I thought that was pretty cool. That is one of those things that I think is awesome and almost no one will use. I, I'm sure somebody is like freaking out and their workflow just got way way easier and they're super hyped and i'm super happy for you i can't see myself ever using it but i think it's really cool there's some people in that ecosystem who have a samsung phone and a samsung tablet or samsung laptop and this Mm -hmm. is going to be sweet um but that pen has a literal physical hardware switch on it to switch between regular s pen mode and galaxy fold mode and I actually, when I was just in the, the shooting area was spending my first hours with the phone, I didn't flip that switch. And I went right to like oh. trying to pair it with the phone. Uh-huh. And a warning popped up. I think because maybe the phone realized, somehow recognized that I was poking it with a stylus of some kind. Uh-huh. And I put that warning in the video. It literally says like, hey, don't use styluses that aren't Fold compatible. If you do use an S Pen Pro, flip it to S Pen uh, flip it to fold mode, uh-huh. and so I flipped it, and then you know it retracts more easily, and then it works. That's what it does; it retracts it so more it, easily. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think you put it a little lightly, saying that the um, and you were just explaining, but you were saying how the folds generally its worst enemy besides dust has been little nicks in the screen, and we've seen, especially on the fold one, it got better in the fold two, but I still think it was a, an issue around there. Is like yeah. you could basically carve out pieces of the screen like it would indent and then that screen's it's flexible it's fragile it's like that's really bad people were doing it with their fingernails on the first one so like to to introduce s pen to me seems like a really bold move it automatically makes me think maybe i mean if i'm being optimistic about it it makes me think the screen has gotten a lot better at least a lot more durable um because i don't see why they would ever bring it upon themselves to introduce another way of the full breaking. Like, why would you want to go through those headlines again? Yeah. Um, so they must be pretty confident. We're assuming that this retractable thing works all the time. I can see the time it doesn't, or, you know, people are messy. Something yeah. gets in there that has been uh, tip gets stuck. And now you're all of a sudden carving into your $1,800 phone. We haven't mentioned the price yet. $1,800. That's yeah. not something I want to be breaking. Yeah. yeah. Still very expensive. Obviously mm-hmm. I, my take on this is Samsung, knows that not very many people will be buying both this phone and the optional S Pen. And so that small group of people who do will take good care of it. Because you at that point have to buy the phone, buy the S Pen, maybe buy the case so you can carry around the (laughs) thing with the phone. Does the case hold the Pro version also? Because the Pro version is like... Thirty to forty percent bigger, right? Very it much is a bigger. Big, yeah. Pen. It's probably one and a half times the size. It's okay. it's kind of like something you'd find maybe attached to. It's like an Apple pencil like size, like an actual maybe pencil. Yeah. yeah, I like how we don't reference real pencils anymore. Because <laughs> no one knows ones. the size of a real pencil anymore. <laughs> Who's using Ticonderoga? I can't Who's? remember the last time I held a pencil. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't held a pencil in a long time. Okay. Um, no, yeah. So it's way bigger. I don't think you're gonna carry that around with the phone, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that person now has spent so much, over two grand, I'm assuming at this point, you've bought the case, you oh, bought the yeah. phone, you bought the S Pen. That group of people is going to take careful notes and take good care of their screen. And if you really get that far and start to damage the screen, like what happened? Something You're, went wrong. Samsung's very trustworthy. I trustful think, on that one. Yeah, I think they did the math on that. Um, 
but yeah, it does. It is S Pen supported now, and I think there's going to be people who find that really nice because it's a bigger canvas than the Galaxy Note. Yeah, like of it's course. a huge I, 120 hertz. Square. It makes perfect sense in an ideal scenario. It's just I don't know if I fully would, as Samsung, have the confidence in it. I appreciate they have the confidence, and it, yeah. it, like I said, optimistically, it makes me think the screen has gotten more durable. I don't know why they would introduce that unless it really has. This makes me think the Note can't possibly die. The Galaxy Note can't possibly be dead after this. <laughs> I don't know how this, you got to that conclusion that, on, because on like potentially introducing a different version of it's not a different version of the is, Note, but they're like obviously touting the S Pen with this. And yeah, I think it's just because it's such a workaround. It's such an asterisk. A specific fold edition S Pen was made for this. Like it's a special pen. A special case needs to be bought for it. A special mode needs to be used on the other one. And like, I like that for this $1,800 phone, they've enabled one more use case, but it's still very clear to me that the best stylus experience is the one that comes from the one that's built into the phone. I don't see how the, the note dies after this one. It's, it just doesn't make mental sense to me. I, I, I still know that the rumors are pointing to it dying soon, and it's crazy, but that's, that's I think my think what, what scares me more is that the rumors aren't even really talking about it anymore, which makes me think that's way close. That means we're almost there. I, I mean, little tangent, we still have a couple things about the Fold to talk about, but I think if they really like you know, this big canvas, an expensive phone with an S Pen, maybe replacing the Note, the Note should turn into a budget S stylus option budget large screen stylus option for the people that we've talked about in the past that are using it in a more blue collar situation where they need people who need a quick way to illustrate something in front of somebody on a job site and and not be a thousand dollars and not be eighteen hundred dollars like i don't want to be on in a construction website or a construction site with a, a fold an eighteen hundred dollar yeah. fold that yeah. might break where there's um, dust everywhere exactly <laughs> yeah right yeah um but there is two more things i have written down that i want to talk about one is like very new, which is the underscreen selfie camera. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about that. We got a little yeah. tangent on the pen there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's multiple multiple selfie cameras on this phone. Yes. On this on this folding phone. Mm -hmm. So you've you've seen you've probably imagined this before, but on the outside cover screen there is still a hole punch selfie camera. Yep. And if you really really want a high quality selfie. You can unfold it and mm -hmm. use the main cameras as your selfie camera because the viewfinder is also on the outside. Boom. Easy. If you happen to be on the inside and maybe still want to take a selfie without closing it, at that point, Samsung has included, underneath the folding display, a behind-the-display selfie camera. Mm -hmm. It is very reminiscent of the first-gen one I looked at about, I don't know, what was I it, just six looked this months up. ago? I think the ZT, it was the Axon 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first article I found about it was end of December 2020, so yeah, probably about six months Something ago like is when yeah. it, we actually got it. So that's the, that was the first gen. We know that a second gen is coming and it should be improved a lot, but it looks a lot like that, where mm -hmm. number one, it's got this like hexagon-shaped cutout behind the screen. It, technically speaking, is better than a hole punch because a hole punch would just be a black circle. But, you know, it's it's you drag things behind that and it's pixelated and things start to moray a little bit and you, your eye kind of catches it once in a while and if you look for it, it's there. It's yeah. very obviously mm -hmm. there, especially off-axis. But it's not quite a hole punch. I would argue when you say better, just to... Uh, Visually. Vi thank you. Visually. Exactly. Visually, it is yes. better. Yes. Now, the photos it takes... Exactly. Yeah. ...probably worse. Mm -hmm. So, I again, this we're speaking definitely now... Definitely worse. Yeah, definitely worse. <laughs> yeah. I think that's safe to say. Um, no, we, we have... This is on the backs of like a couple hours of hand-on... Literally an hour of hands-on time. But mm -hmm. I took some selfies with the Fold 3, and I could actually see it sort of defogging the photo after mm -hmm. I take it. Now, again, this is a fast chip, Snapdragon 888... It's taking the photo quickly, but in the video, I included a bit where you hit the shutter, immediately go to look at the photo, and you see the hazy photo, and then boom, it adds the contrast, and yeah. it looks like you dragged a clarity slider It looks up. like you're going into Lightroom and pressing auto and having it fix everything yeah, for you. Basically. Yeah, basically. So it's still doing some work there. Makes me wonder what do videos look like if I jump in like a Zoom call on this phone? Is it going to be yeah. hazy the whole time? I don't know if it's live processing well, this yeah, type of thing. Because when you look in the viewfinder, it obviously isn't making the corrections, and it looks rough. Um, doesn't look that great. No, it looks yeah. like you're looking through like a scratched piece of plexiglass, which 
isn't that far off from what it's actually really doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really feel like my question is why. Now, I totally understand. I think I have your answer. Under display. I think I have my own answer, but I just want to. Yeah, okay. So like, I totally understand under display selfie cameras are a thing. They're going to be a thing. I think it's the future. It, we're, I would say in five years, we'll probably see it in most flagship phones. Hmm. Um, yeah. Just because we're hearing a lot about it recently. If you think about under display fingerprint sensor, those came to market pretty quick and That's we true. see them in a lot. So yeah. I wouldn't doubt if this makes it there That's fair. pretty quickly. Um, to me, the Fold is already such a bleeding edge phone. It feels weird to put this in like, Phones we're seeing that in now, like the ZTE, and we just got an announcement that there's going to be a new Mi Mix 4, I think, that should have it. Mm -hmm. Those are phones that we're used to seeing these, like, bleeding edge things be the the headline of the phone. The Fold, the Fold folds. That's the headline. It folds. I it, Like, I don't need an under-screen selfie camera Interesting. to be a headline there. Yeah. So it feels, I totally get that it wants to have an uninterrupted giant screen. Yeah. That looks better. It has the other selfie camera. I guess the argument is, and like which totally kills my argument on why, is just you if you're gonna do video calls, you wanna do it on the big screen in the inside. Yeah. And you have to have it there. Yeah. I you know what's funny? Maybe. Where's a pop up? Oh god. I could see a pop up in there. Water resistance though. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe the folding part of the fold. This is the third fold, third generation of the mm -hmm. Z fold. Maybe the folding part, people are kind of over it. And oh, I don't think I hope not. We're I, not far enough to be over the full. Here's yet. the thing though about like the general crowd looking at Samsung phones and like the general population who's about to see a bunch of commercials from Samsung. Most people have not seen the under display camera ever. Maybe we've done a video on no, the no, ZTE. No, no, one, no, no, no. I totally agree with that. And, totally you know, there's agree a with that. there's another, you know, me mix coming out that'll have this, but most people will Samsung, go, yeah. wait a second, it's under the screen and there's a camera back there. I don't know what the exact reaction is, but they haven't seen this before. And so that's one more crazy cool feature in a phone that justifies $1,800 because folding in half wasn't enough to make this thing go mainstream. So it's just one more thing. They're tossing it in there. And I think also Samsung would probably tell you this is the least used selfie camera. Like we said, we have a whole punch one on the outside. Mm -hmm. We have the main cameras if you really want a good selfie. And if you happen to be folded open and want to do something, this will pass. It will be, it'll be okay. It won't look great. Mm -hmm. but it'll work and so you know you get this you know bleeding edge technology that's in no other phone anyone's ever seen and yep. people are going to go man the iphone's far behind because that's what people do when they <laughs> see an unknown feature show up just in one other phone can of worms man <laughs> i just that's that's the reaction that i sort of predict we're going to okay. see from the mainstream crowd here's my counter argument to that and it is a counter argument for just the sake of argument there is clearly sure. no real reason to argue <laughs> okay. this for stuff like the fold and people spending a lot of that money would you agree that kind of like showing off this new technology is definitely a, a pro to it? Like I have the fold. My friends see me unfolding a phone. They're obviously going to ask questions about that. Yeah. The under display selfie camera goes against all the flashiness of it by literally just not being there. Mm. I highly doubt somebody you're going to open the fold and someone's going to be like, oh my goodness, you don't have a selfie camera in there. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things you have to like point out to other people how impressive it is. Yeah, like, and that, that kind little... of loses the charm of like being bleeding edge and like hmm. having that $1,800 phone. Again, there's no reason for that argument. I just uh, it, wanted to yeah. toss it out there. Yeah, it is It is true. I would say all the things you say are true. It, it's just like a, the enthusiast who gets this phone is going to be like, hell yeah. I, have there you go. I think that's the best thing. It's, it's totally marketed at enthusiasts and they're going to be really hyped about it until yeah. they see the hazingness. Fingerprint reader is still on the power button, by the way. Just a regular fingerprint reader on the power button. Oh I, I think that's How fine. How could you? Just total it's garbage. not like under the screen also alongside the I'm camera. I'm still totally team power button fingerprint reader. I think it's fine. I it wish fine. so many more phones did that, yeah. to be honest. Software experience generally the same as the last fold, but they've, they've obviously added some, uh, maybe not obviously, but there's some new features with multitasking just because this is the phone that you get if you're going to multitask and yeah, be productive. Yeah. So that's what this is good at. Oh, it's not the Duo? No, it's not oh, the Duo. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. My mistake. I mean, you could get the Duo, <laughs> but you'd be waiting a lot longer for everything to happen. <laughs> um, there is a labs feature that lets you like force apps to multitask despite their lack of optimized aspect ratio. Hmm. It's in a lab section, so you can turn it on if you want. Okay. Um, I really like the side dock. So Samsung's been doing this like slide out side dock thing for like a long time. Since the first 
a no sixth edge. edge, I think. No Wasn't Edge it? came first, No actually. Edge came first, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and this is a lot of years ago, but you slide it out and you get this useful, you know, panel of apps maybe, but also you could have like a compass over there or like a news ticker. You could do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in that slide over dock, you can actually pin it and it'll just like nudge your whole UI over like 50 pixels or whatever it is and it'll leave a permanent dock of your whatever apps you want on the side of the phone. You can always launch from there, and it'll move like the top three to be your most recent app. So oh, if you're really? copying, pasting between stuff, it'll just be like a click away at all times. I think this is a great idea. As great someone feature. who hates the side dock in Mac OS mm. and has used plenty of Samsung phones and has never actually taken advantage of the like you know scroll over side apps, I think this is awesome. It's great. I think it's really cool. Sick. I think it's the perfect scenario for it, and I think Samsung's been working for so long on something similar like this, it's finally paying off in this scenario. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool. That's a good little feature. You can also just unpin it anytime you want. Yeah, right? Like, you you can use it. You can get tired of it. You can do, you can do the, the stuff with phones that's awesome where it's like, I always feel like with my phone, if I'm feeling like it, I've had it for too long, I take the case off. I'm like, oh, this is a totally new phone. <laughs> now I can just add a dock, take a dock away. Oh, my God, everything's different. Yeah. I had a time where I was I was using the S21 Ultra for a little while, and I started using that slide over thing a little more. And I was like, oh, I'll put my my to-do list and my my camera and my like quick access apps over there. Mm-hmm. So I'll always like have my swipe away. But like my muscle memory when I want to go to another app is so fast oh, yeah. to just go home. And just open it from the home mm-hmm. screen that I just didn't use it enough. So the fact that it'll always be pinned over there, maybe that'll sort of finally be it, yeah. a new muscle memory habit. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For eighteen hundred bucks, I'll ask this last thing about it. Do you think it takes another step towards adoption by like more reasonable people? It's one thousand eight hundred dollars, and I was just talking to also about like what are the most premium phones you could cross shop this with it's like the most expensive iphone is like fifteen hundred dollars or something right now s21 ultra is up there approaching it but 1800 is still above the top you got to really want to fold yeah yeah, yeah. are people uh still going to keep waiting you think no but we're going to take a short break and i'm going to tell you about one that i do think is going to be a little more uh general consumer all right be right back This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back. Uh, Before the ad break, you were asking me if I thought the Fold 3 was going to be like more general consumer adopted. Mm -hmm. I said no. The Flip 3, on the other hand, Mm. feels to me right now, not only is the phone I'm a little more interested, I think I'm more interested because I think more, this feels like something more general consumers will use. Fully, fully, fully agree. I haven't titled the impressions video yet, but I think it'll have something to do with that. Huh. A little so, sneak peek here on Waveform. And by yeah. sneak peek, I mean you're going to listen to this like, like two, two days, days after it's posted. But, <laughs> but we're still brainstorming the title exactly. just as we record this. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I had some hands-on time with the Flip 3. Yeah. I'll break it down a little bit. It's $1,000, mm-hmm. $999. So the now, now you're really like in the mix with other phones you can buy. It feels rough saying that in the mix, but it is in the mix. We are not saying this is cheap by any means. No, no, no. It's in the mix with the other very expensive phones. Yes, there are consumers that buy $1,000 phones who aren't big tech heads. Yep, exactly. So what do you get? So so the last flip, I I liked the last flip. There were two of them, actually. There was the Z Flip, and then there was a Z Flip 5G, which is like the second one, a little bit of a newer chip. uh, Yeah, that confused me a little bit. Yeah, Um, and we we know people who, like, love the Flip. I'm pretty sure Austin Evans still dailies the Flip today. Quinn used it a bunch also. My favorite is Quinn used it just, like, throw it on the ground every once in a while. It's just like a daily phone, just like any other phone. I love it. Um, The Flip had a couple interesting shortcomings because it was mostly compared to the Razer. It had a very small outside cover screen. Yeah, I, I actually described it as like 
the better hardware razor without the nostalgia. So ultimately, that doesn't sell very great. Yeah, yeah. It had it had like a it had a one point one inch outside cover screen. So it really, just you showed you the it. time. Mm-hmm. You could like swipe your call to accept on and see stuff on the outside, but it wasn't great. It was very small. So that was the one thing that I really wanted to be bigger. It also had a sixty hertz display. Mm-hmm. And it had uh, a pretty high price tag. So again, nine ninety nine. This is a hundred twenty eight gig phone. So I think the asterisk I'll put on this nine ninety nine price is the other flips in the past started at a higher price, but they also started at two fifty six. Mm-hmm. So the two fifty six of this year's phone will be higher, but they've cut down to a hundred twenty eight gig for nine ninety nine. Most thousand dollar phones have more than that, but so they did and they didn't. Yeah, they got there, but not quite. Anyway, <laughs> so they have a bigger outside cover screen. And I I just generally like this design way more. We've been handling uh, the old flip a just billion times it. more. Uh, I can't even describe how much more I like this than the old one. That mirror finish was terrible. Yeah. That thing, it kind of looked like a toy to me. Quinn, Austin, if you're still holding the flip right that now. doesn't mean it's not good. I just did not like it. No, you're going to like this one way more, though. Yeah. Okay, so they flattened out the sides. They've got this little two-tone design, but the outside cover screen is now 1.9 inches, which is hard to you know put in context, but it's way bigger. It's like four times the area um, because it's twice the diagonal. Yeah, I, I mean, we basically say it looks very much like a Pixel 2. If you imagine a Pixel 2 that could fold in half and then you take the glass area on top of the two-tone you know, exterior, yeah. that's basically the screen. Yeah, with the it's cameras. right next to the dual cameras. Mm-hmm. So now that this outside screen is way bigger, you are more, it's not like razor big where you're like reading through things on it, but it is much bigger to the point where you can like triage notifications on it. You can swipe over and like do music playback controls comfortably. Yeah. And these are things you don't want to have to like, it's this thing where you don't want to open the phone every time. Like you pull it out your pocket, you just want to hit pause. Having to open it unfold it and pause is just one more step exactly so it's a the the original flip it solved the problem by being able to be more compact but then also created a new problem with that is like generating that extra step in between doing things so this solves the problem it created yeah so it 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 takes away some of that friction of getting the quick things i think there's a stopwatch there's a timer alarms you can put a weather widget in there view your calendar just Mm -hmm. like some neat simple quick glanceable things Makes sense. Do we know if you can get into like Google Assistant or if it just uses the phrase there while um, it's closed? So I didn't get to try it during the hands-on. I don't believe there's a way to get to the Assistant on the outside screen. I could double check that when we get the units, yeah, but I believe. Because that would be really nice to not like, oh, I, yeah. I think about all the times where I just, I still love my squeeze feature on my Pixel and oh, just yeah. like being able to, to pull up Assistant on the outside screen without opening it and get a quick result on there would be awesome. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I'll try that for sure. Okay. But yeah, like you said, it looks like the Pixel 2 because it's two-tone. The hinge, again, gives it IPX8, so it is not dust-resistant, but you can splash this phone and it'll be fine. Uh, Snapdragon 888, 8 gigs of RAM on every spec. And it's just, it feels, when I open this phone, there's like a there's one upside and one downside to it. When I'm when I'm using it, it feels the most like a regular smartphone of any folding. Phone. It looks the most like when that is flipped open, it just looks like a regu- a weird aspect ratio regular flip or uh, sorry regular like candy bar smartphone. Yeah, and it's not even that crazy. It's a little no. tall, but it's yeah, yeah. it's pretty close. And the hinge is so good that when you open it fully flat, it's really flat, and you you kind of just ignore the crease. The downside is because the crease is across the middle, mm-hmm. a lot of your swiping touches the crease, which yeah. is not true about like the fold because it's in the middle horizontally. So you do you feel the crease. I a think that more. we had this conversation yesterday, and I found it super interesting. We didn't bring it up last time, or just didn't notice it, maybe. But like, yeah, if you have a a phone that folds, I'm just gonna call it hamburger style, and then a full phone that folds hot dog style, like you are the crease is horizontal or vertical. When it's horizontal, you're scrolling over it all the time because that's just where your hand goes. Yeah. When it's in that big, uh, big screen of the fold and it's in the middle vertically, you're almost never scrolling over it because if you're swiping left or right, it's probably on the left or right side of the screen. Yeah. You almost never drag your finger over top of it. Yeah. So I feel like the the fold with its big vertical crease is more visually distracting, but the flip with its small horizontal crease 
is almost never visually distracting to me, but mm-hmm. I do feel it with my thumb For more, sure. which is almost more distracting. It's a feeling. You just have to. You kind of have to just hold it and use it. Yeah, it's a vibe. You'll, <laughs> it's a vibe. you'll figure it out once you hold it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it's just it's much better built. It really is much better built. It's got the flat side. It's still got the fingerprint reader and the power button. Like we said, we like that. IPX8 I mentioned. We like that. Not a whole lot wrong. It's got better speakers as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do S Pen support despite the stronger cover glass in this phone too. That doesn't bother me. Doesn't at all, bother yeah. me. It also doesn't have the fingerprint, or sorry, it doesn't have the hole punch selfie camera either. It has a cutout still on the inside. It it does have a hole punch. It doesn't have under. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, that does fine. have. A we cutout. have so many. There's too many vocab <laughs> words in the smartphone world. Sorry yeah. if we mess one up every but once it, in a while. It does have the cutout, and I'm fine with that too. It's the only selfie camera. Although, yeah, you can close the phone and use a, the outside's cover screen as a viewfinder. So if I you want a good selfie, there yes. you go. That's so easy too to just pull out that little thing, just like in the palm, and yeah. just. Snap a photo. It's easy. Nice. That's what I, I liked that. about the I razor. Didn't think of that. So yeah, it's the it's the closest to a regular phone, in air quotes, regular mm-hmm. phone to me. It's the it's the closest to a regular phone experience, closest to a regular phone size, closest to a regular phone price. Uh closest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is the closest that we're gonna get to regular people picking up this phone. And if I were to recommend any folding phone to For, a real human mm-hmm. today, this is definitely the one I would pick. To me, it is the the folding phone that gets the closest to what it's like intended to be. This is a supposed to be a regular phone that then becomes compact when you're storing it. It does that. It does exactly that. This the is benefit. so much easier to fit into a purse, into a bag, into a pocket. Like it just it it's much more compact while being a regular phone when it's open. The folds kind of purpose is to we is keep it, talking about it almost becoming a tablet. It's not quite there yet. It's yeah. still a bit small. And it's still really chunky when it's folded in. So I think that's still a ways from hitting it's like exactly what it's intended to be, whereas the flip kind of nails it already. The fold has a bigger ambition. Exactly. And that's why I think it's yeah, yeah. going to take longer. Yeah, I totally like, agree with that. I think whenever I think about these folding phones, my question is always, why does it fold? Mm-hmm. And the answer for the flip why does it fold is, oh, so it can be more compact in your pocket. Oh, that's simple. Great. It does mm-hmm. that. It wins. For the fold, the reason why does it fold is so you can have a tablet in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's a much bigger ambition. And they're working towards that. Right now, it's it's a seven and a half inch screen. It's not like replacing an iPad, but it, like an iPad mini is 7.9. It's like almost there. But that's hard. That's really it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to get it as thin as possible and reasonable as a regular phone and replacing a tablet in your pocket. Yeah. So yeah, the flip is there on the ambition, and I think that's pretty cool. Also, <laughs> David pointed this out because he thought it was great, that there are seven colors. But seven colors. Potentially eight. Actually, yeah, potentially yeah. eight, but uh, four regular colors, three Samsung.com exclusive colors, and then the Tom Brown edition. And then there's also two SKUs. There's 128 gig <laughs> and a 256. So that means uh, 16 versions of this phone. That not a lot of people are going to be buying, but that's that's Samsung for you, just making all the things. Yeah, if you're arguing um, folding phones aren't here to stay, I don't think anyone would make 16 SKU numbers of yeah. a phone they didn't think was actually going to do Samsung's, okay. So. Samsung's going to make sure they're here to stay. Um, I don't know. I I'm into the uh, the matte the black one. The phantom black one is the only matte finish one that I saw okay. from those four colors. So there were cream, which is like yellow. Green, which is a sort of a darker military green type thing. Lavender yeah. is purpley, and then phantom black, matte yeah. black. So two tone would be it would actually be two different finishes, glossy and matte black. Yeah, cool. I mean very similar to Pixel Two Black. True. Um, I really want to see green in person. From the videos that I've seen, cre- cream looks nice. Um, it's like and- banana. Oh, is that the banana one? Maybe yeah, not. Cream. Maybe cream's not nice. Uh, <laughs> green green looks the most interesting to me. I don't know. I've been really digging green phones lately. I like that they're doing them, and I like that they're not doing them bright. They're doing them like a muted color instead. I think when we got that, was it the 11, the iPhone 11? With love that, it. With that love green? it, love it, love it. I think that's one Do of the- Do more muted stuff, because then the 12 blue also looked amazing. Pacific blue, mm-hmm. one of the best. Hot take, best not, iPhone not color of all time. Th- not a hot take. Not a hot take? No. You're wrong if you don't think Best that. Best iPhone color of all time? I think that's... What do you think? It's debatable. I mean, there's some <laughs> great reds. There's some okay. great reds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really like How dare you blue. make a Samsung conversation <laughs> and an iPhone Into talk. an iPhone. I can't I just, believe you. It's the natural flow of tech conversations. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of how it goes. 
Um, anyway, that that's pretty much it. We've got yeah. a lot more. Obviously, the watches are out too. The buds are out. We've got full reviews of as much of this stuff coming as we can. But like I said, the, the floodgates have opened. I feel like we're oh yeah, we're getting there. Strap we're in the thick in, of baby. it. We got phones coming. <laughs> We've got all sorts of other tech, com- tech coming. But yeah, the videos are uh, are on their way. So feel free to check those out. But that's been it. I feel like we've we've hit all the points. We've talked about all we the things. It. And we'll be back with you guys next week. Be sure to subscribe to this studio channel. I'll give that a shout out at the end of this. So if you make it this far in the video, subscribe to the studio channel. Hope to see you over there. Thanks for watching. See you later. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Studio 71 and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill.